When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast, the podcast that has always said never mind the quality, feel the length. This week on Heart and Hand, two guests. <laughs> Hi folks, FanDuel is one day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, you choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We are playing the £5 fan fave with six grand of prizes to be won by the top 36 managers. Then you pick your dream team. You have £100 million to spend, there's no subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find. Splash out on the dead certs and hunt out all the the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. FanDuel was designed by football fans like us and is powered by Opta Stats. It's about much more than goals, assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. And we've got an offer for you. If you sign up with the promo code RANGERS, then FanDuel will return your entry free uh, fee as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest up to a terror. So use the offer and enter your team against theirs. If you don't win cash, you'll get that entry fee returned as credit so you can play again for free next week so nothing to lose go to fanduel.co.uk and enter our promo code rangers in the promo code field on sign up to bag the offer available in the uk only for those over 18 please play responsibly terms apply so welcome to Armhand hand rangers podcast my name is david edgar i'm your host and i'm joined this week by two guests first up former chair of the Rangers Supporters Trust, Mr Stephen Smith, and then following, yes, it's everyone's favourite chap, it's Mr Cameron James Bell. Are you excited? I know I am. Joining me now is former RST chairman and all-round good egg, Mr Stephen Smith. Stephen, hello. Hello, how are you, David? I am grand, good. I am grand. I should know that because I'm sat a foot away from you in yes, your house. Yes, 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 your first, uh, your first, and that's how, by the way, listeners, that's how much I like Stephen and how, how value... Uh, how much value you should place in his opinion that he is one of the few who's allowed to visit 
Scott isn't, um, <laughs> and, but yet Stephen is here and uh, up for the first time this season and mm-hmm. brought a bit of good luck with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on yesterday? Uh, by all accounts, a good performance. I enjoyed it myself. You, you know, mean by all accounts? Game. You were there. Well, I'm just going off the fact that everybody says you must come again because we've played the best, the best Rangers have played this season. But, you know, 49,000 crowd on a Saturday, fantastic. It, wasn't a crowd, I mean, I thought, when you think of the, the levels of negativity online and in the papers, and I mean, certainly I was guilty of it as well, that you can't, nobody can have a word about Rangers fans and loyalty. No, absolutely not. I'm teach everybody, and it's... I don't know if that was the biggest crowd or not, but it would certainly be one of them. And I think that's exceptional. Bear in mind that's our what, third game in seven days. Third game in seven days and uh, also, you know, a pretty disappointing week. Aye, has been. I didn't think the performance midweek was too bad, actually. I thought it was half decent at first half, but you know, there's a general downer on it and we should have won. We should be beating these kind of teams. We I should think be beating be- St. maybe because of the way that it ended. You know, I mean, Aye. certainly the fact, I think the St. Johnson game had the, the halves been reversed. Aye. We might, we might, although, you know, Rangers fans that, not right. winning, not being St. Johnson at home. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I think, but but I thought we played, I thought we played well. I thought we had a, a number of players, not just O'Halloran, you know, I thought Halliday was excellent. I thought Windass was excellent too. Mm. But defensively, we were pretty good and that's been a, a weakness. And I think we're actually improving in that aspect of the game. Clint Hill. Came through. I, I, I've, no, I've no complaints about him. You know, he was a bomb scare earlier on and now it looks like, you know, he would be a first choice. It's beginning to wonder if maybe it was he just wasn't fit nah, when he arrived. Nah, you know, he did the end summer end. off, not training, um, yeah. and then he's he's arrived because now he's starting to look mm. like a very serviceable centre-half. I think the best thing about him, Dave, is he's, he's improving Kiernan as a centre-half yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, it's noticeable. He's coaching him, telling him when to drop off, when to push up, mm. all the rest of it, all the things that you want a, a central defensive partner to do. Boston and organising the game, that's what you want. You want somebody to back the old lead and Hill's, Hill's the man that's doing it. Good performance. I like the way we were actually going at them aggressively and prepared to pass the ball and make movement and not just pointlessly. You know, we were looking to create openings, get our Haller on the ball, realise that he's actually a decent weapon in terms of the pace, just let him run at a fullback all the time. You know, I, we'll create I, chances. The thing was at the game, and we were saying this at the game, that when he, you know, he has one move, right? He right. knocks it past the fullback. He's not tricky. Mm-hmm. He knocks it past the fullback and runs. Mm-hmm. However, it's a little bit like, you know, if a gorilla wants to shag you um, for the fullback because you know what's coming, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. All the fullback can do is try and block the ball because once it's past him, he's not going to get there. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. He can try and foul O'Halloran or can hopefully see the ball at play, but he's not going to get to the ball before O'Halloran. And I thought that his performance yesterday was, was sensational. I know a few people had concerns, a few people being Scott mainly, uh, mm-hmm. had concerns about the final ball, but uh, there were some decent ones, and it will come, you know, uh, mm. I, I think that one of the things was sometimes you hit the byline so quickly there wasn't anybody in the box. Aye, we created two decent chances before we had 300 seconds in the clock. Yeah, that's you right. Know, literally could have been 2 nothing up in three minutes, it was, that was extraordinary, you know. Um, it was it was just a, a really solid for Windass excites me as well. You know, O'Halloran's great because he is one of the players that we play neat and tidy stuff, even when we're playing well, but it doesn't always get you out of your seat no. um, because of the style of football. Whereas no. O'Halloran's one of those guys that mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, he can do something he can do something different. Mm-hmm. And well, well Windass has got a pass with both in a decent shot. He's both feet, Wallace, yeah. You know, and and I think plays well with, with Miller, who I think is intelligent in terms of whether he drops off or stays. And if you've got Garner there and give him the opportunity to lead the line the way he did yesterday, I think I think he'll grow into a role. I think you saw the player that Warburton thought he had bought for Preston. Yeah. I don't think he's there. I think people are rushing to judgment on him. I'm surprised by how quickly people have sort of rushed to judgment on Garner. Mm. I, I must admit, because 
you would have thought in the past traditionally we've given big signings a little bit aye. more time because we, you know we want them to succeed whereas people have just I think almost immediately aye rubbish and my mm. view on it is three goals already settling into a new club and it must mm. have been you know, a bit of emotional lot of people for the guys are Preston fans so to mm-hmm. leave them uh, for a new challenge I think was always, was always going to be an issue for him mm-hmm. um, yeah so so overall a fantastic win something else I want to talk to you about actually mm-hmm. just uh, while I've got you here uh, the accounts were released mm-hmm. um, turnover is up mm-hmm. losses of 3.3 million which is down loans from the directors uh, effectively keeping the club keeping the club going yeah, yeah. which we, we knew mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on the accounts and where we go from here I think they're positive figures David particularly in respect to the fact that the Mike Ashley still has a stranglehold in the cut on the, the effectively the club's main auxiliary source of income, which mm. would be through through strips and merchandising and what have you. And I saw yesterday as I wandered past the Rangers shop again how quiet it was. Normally you can't get near the place in a match. I say mm. normally. Previously you've not been able to get near the near the shop in a match day. Yesterday, you know, you could count the number of people that were in it. Mm. You know, because people have understood and recognised that's putting money in Ashley's pocket and you, well, you, starve you them can out. see from replica strips. I mean the I, amount of I don't see them. The, the, the amount of old replica strips you see if you see I'd say you're you're maybe looking at four out of five are mm-hmm. older mm-hmm. Uh, replica kits, whereas the the current one it's it's actually rare, it's actually jarring to see one. To, to, to see a current season strip mm-hmm. uh, I, I saw a guy with one yesterday as I was walking up the stairs and it was it was jarring um, to, to see it because you just don't no no, you're putting money in Ashley's pocket why would you do that yeah. Rangers do not benefit to that to any extent at all it's, no, it's, a, it's a gouged yeah, it's contract p- pennies they get from it and, right. and people say well at least it's something but no all you're doing is facilitating a bad deal no, that's that's no. what you're doing uh, the, there's no reason for them to get out if you're going well it's pennies to the club mm-hmm. no don't, just don't do it you no. need to make it boycotts other fans have shown boycotts work, boycotts work. you need yeah. to make it unprofitable yeah. for, for Ashley otherwise right. it won't work I know let them go Concern about the the amount of money invested in players. I wonder mm-hmm. if this will maybe change that music a little. That people because the King's thirty million, which was a silly thing to say, but King's sure. thirty million was is always bandied about when we're not doing well. And maybe people will see that where the money that the directors are putting in it is actually going. Mm-hmm. Well, it needs. To, I mean, the stadium still needs an upgrade. It still needs to be, to be improved in terms of its maintenance and what have you. I mean, that's that's absolutely essential. You know, it's it's the best, still the best stadium in Scotland, and and needs to be that needs to be reflected, uh, in the way it's maintained uh, and and kept. Gone are the days, David. We're just going to we're going to splash stupid amounts of money in a player. Mm. It's just not going to happen. We're not going to buy a rate of success. No. You know, um, European revenue. I think the golf you'll see with the revenue between uh, between Rangers and the uh, Glasgow Second Club. I think significant. I think we need to invest in infrastructure mm-hmm. and get it built correctly from the right up because replicating the mistakes of the past is going to just take us over the brink again you, at some you point. You just and need to look at the English Championship, the amount of clubs that have tried will just go for quick success. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't work, whereas the clubs that have built over over time, such mm-hmm. as Swansea, and although I'm a bit of bother just now, West Brom, who yep. again had yo-yoed for a couple of years, but and I'm not suggesting that we will yo-yo for a couple of years, I'm just <laughs> saying that when you build with the idea of we are getting to, to this point and we can't reach it by jumping, you know, you, you go from A to Z, you, you don't go, you know, like, you don't go very, very quickly. No. Um, it take, you've got to go by the other 24 mm-hmm. letters, whereas mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would rather, and it would be great if we could, if we could make three signings that jumped 
jump starters, but it doesn't yeah, yeah. it doesn't work like that. No, no, no. And and we have to look at our main competition and we have to look at the you know, when I've what I've seen of Aberdeen, I mean and, and Hearts to be to be blunt, you know, I actually think we're a better team than they are, even not playing very well. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'll reflect it. I think most Rangers fans looking at it now we're second, they're expecting that this club will finish second in the league and that's my expectation. Uh, I'm looking for improvement. I'm not looking for stupid money to be sent in January. I'm looking for incremental progression and improvement and us for example to turn the draws that we've had at home into wins yeah. in the second half of the season you know a decent showing uh, progress and we give the manager an opportunity to show what he can do because at the moment it's very much unproven and it's a, you know as a project I know a lot of people are going that's not good let's get rid of him and get, get manager X mm. and get Dave King to write a huge amount of checks and that'll put Rangers back to where we were five years ago it won't it won't, no. it won't work. I the, the feedback from last week's pod we talked about the manager and a lot of the feedback we got sort of solidified my opinion because it it is my opinion, sure. and uh, I think a lot of people seem to share this, that we all want Mark Warburton to succeed. Uh, I, I didn't get the feeling of, of from, from any get rid. It's a case of we want you to succeed. However, mm-hmm. we have concerns mm-hmm. about your ability to, based on the fact that you don't yeah. change things. So, yeah. you know, after an up-and-down week, obviously we, we can go from, from a, it was a disaster on Wednesday night. He's a genius after such a good <coughs> performance on Saturday. But I think that... Most Rangers fans want him to succeed. What's your take on on Mark Warburton and whether or not you think he's the man to to take us forward? Well, I'm one of those who does who who doesn't do think that that he is the young, progressive, adaptive manager. I don't think the that he, for example, will always stick to a very rigid four three three formation, and we will always play the ball always out. You know, from the goalkeeper rolls the ball out to fullback and centre back, we'll play the ball about and try to retain possession. As a principle, that's fine. But if, however, you have a, you have teams that come up with a high press and and will pressure you at at the back, then clearly there are going to be have to be times you have to take it, you have to try and exploit the space that that creates mm-hmm. behind those players pushing up. You know, and be a bit and be adaptive. You're, you're, there's no there's no reason. Mark Mark Robin's the same age as I am, so there's no reason why he can't look at football in a modern context and go, oh, maybe I need to do. X and Y yeah. and I've heard a lot of cliches saying we only have plan A and when plan A doesn't work we don't have plan B I don't I don't believe that's the case I think it's very early to make those kind of judgments and I don't think people take into account the fact that we are in a much more competitive league I'm not saying it's a substantially better league in the championship but it is far more competitive we have got fitter professionals I think we saw against St Johnston midweek that they matched us physically yeah, you know, made it very very difficult the you know, so we're not going to be able to just wait for that last 15 the 20, 20 minute burst yeah. and, you know, and, just, and, and, and just roll over teams in the bases that we've passed them all over the park yeah. um, I yeah, think right there is all, there is a, I think there's valid criticism about whether Rangers are just keeping the ball for the sake of it Mm-hmm. You know, if we have two thirds of possession as we did on Wednesday night and don't win the game, people are going to say, "Well, what we need to do is improve the conversion rate, right? Well, possession, we need to turn that into chances, and we need to turn those into goals, mm. right? And if, for example, then we'll find out if Miller and Garner, for example, are decent centre forwards. If Dodo gets a run, whether he can put the ball in the net, we have to create chances. I think for Rangers to have a goal difference at this stage of, the, of, of only plus three I think is pretty poor and I think that's the one area uh, a play that I would like to see improve mm. but I think uh, I think in, t- in terms of what we've seen I don't think we can actually make a judgment until pro- I'd say probably about January mm. actually I think the Warburton for me uh, I want him to succeed 
I worry he might fail. Um, I worry he might fail. I don't think he'll fail at the moment. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I agree. I want to, to. I want him to have the time to succeed or fail. I want us. I don't want us to be in the Le Guin situation of there'll always be an argument. There'll always be well, what if? Uh, I I want us to be in a situation where we went. Do you know what? We gave that time and it didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was something with McCoy. I mean, I argued for it on this podcast, and I think. He held on too long, to be honest. I think yep. the, the judgment was in probably about a season years. before. I'd say two. Well, you'd say two. I'd, I'd say one, certainly. But I wanted him to, to be given the time to fail. And he was given the time to fail and he Aye. failed. And yeah. there's no, Spectacular. Yes, yeah. and nobody is looking back on this and saying, well, Ali McCoy, you know, we, we missed a trick there. Uh, in a way that I don't, I think Le Guin was was flawed as an individual, which meant that he couldn't manage a club our size as his subsequent career showed. Aye. But uh, but there, you can't argue if people say, well, I disagree with that because mm-hmm. they can put forward a very compelling case. Sure. And I'd like at the end that if Warburton goes, we have no regrets in terms of, well, it didn't work out. Because mm-hmm. I agree, I think with a little, you know, with a few tweaks and a little bit less dogmatism, he can he can be a very you know very very successful manager for Rangers and mm-hmm. hopefully he comes out of this spell a better manager. It's the toughest spell he's faced in his career. Hopefully mm-hmm. he comes out of it a better manager with new ideas or sharper ideas. I think I like his ideas, but sharper ideas. The one thing I don't figure, David, is uh, name another manager in Scotland that that with those players would improve that team enormously. You know because I've had people say Derek McInnes or Robbie Nielsen would do that. Mm. And I don't think that's based on any evidence at all other than the fact that McInnes has been the best Aberdeen manager in recent years. But let's bear in mind that for four seasons, Aberdeen have not had to compete with Rangers there and have therefore had the opportunity to develop and be the second mm-hmm. the second horse in a very one, uh, one-sided one kind of title. So I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that. And the fact he's played for the club, I think, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think other than I'm a Rangers man, so what? You know, So was Ali McCoist, mm-hmm. um, you know, a hero. Uh, and he's you know a substantial, a fantastic record, club's greatest ever goal scorer. I don't think could manage for for. Buttons. No, he can't. Yeah. I think, the, as no. you say, the jury was totally in. No, so so we have to give Warburton a chance. It's a pro- if it's a project, it's a project. Show a bit of patience. That's not something Rangers fans are traditionally famous for showing, but we have to do that because we have to recognise the situation that we're actually in. And a club was very nearly pushed off a cliff mm-hmm. four years ago, and that we have to understand that we've clawed our way back from there, and we have to make progress. That's a key thing. Cammy. Hiya. I do warn you, Stephen's been on and he was excellent. Right, okay, that's fine. Um, I think that when you compare it to that lanky ginger streak of piss on Aphrodite that you normally have on, anyone would look good next to that. Well, I'm kind of hoping that that's the case this week when he's not here. I'm kind of hoping that... Well, obviously, because... Uh, you need you need to start seriously giving him his jaws permanently. <laughs> Where would he go? What would he do? What would become of him? Do you know what? To, do you know what you should do, right? And I want you to seriously consider this. Give him uh, a six and a half week suspension, and allow him into like your kitchen, but not into the living room. <laughs> and then let him go away and think about his actions and all that kind of stuff. See, to be fair, Cammy, if he got in the kitchen, it'd be further than he usually does. So he'd probably be made up with that. That's fine. Keep him outside looking in. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably for the best. Uh, now, um spoke with Stephen about this in, in more detail, but probably seems fair after you've been forced to give an opinion of some of our worst performances this season. What were your views on Saturday? Uh, better. Uh, a marked improvement. Um, a bit of a... Uh, it just it feels a bit like the Celtic game was a bit of a road bump, because I felt as if prior to the Old Firm game we were 
almost coming to that type of performance. Um, and so I'm really pleased that the players bounced back from what was clearly a disappointing result at Hamden. Uh, so, uh, no, very, very good. Very pleased. Um, looks like the team's got some good unity running through it, I think, as well. Mm. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about now. Since I had a call with Stephen on Sunday night, in the couple of days that followed, uh, the Joey Barton Roadshow pushed its way back to the the front of newspaper headlines and he is going to train with the club. Uh, it does look for all the world like we've tried to sack him, we can't sack him, we can't reasonably keep him suspended anywhere. You and I both know our HR, we could have told them this day one. Um, an investig- you know, The first week investigation should have had this all cleared up, frankly. And I don't know what they were doing with us, just continue, uh, let's just suspend him forever and hope, some, <laughs> hope it goes away kind of thing. But... Uh, you know, what's your view? It looks as always sorry. It looks as he's going to be kept until January, and then he'll go to another club. He'll, he'll come in and train. What, what's your views on the way this whole thing has has worked out? So yeah, I would I would agree with the assessment and the fact that basically the longer you put someone on a paid suspension, uh, the less likely it is that they're probably going to go out the door because you don't have your case together. No, you've got that's um, what that's what the initial would, suspension's for. You have a week. You suspend the person, you do the investigation and you make up your mind whether you've got enough to get rid of the person or you don't and they clearly didn't. So what these continual suspensions were were nothing more than just kicking it into the long grass. Well, there's an element to it where I'd be very interested in whether or not this comes out you know, further on down the line, etc. or just, you know, whatever, uh, would be as to why Barton was invited back for meetings at Ibrox when obviously uh, Warburton was at Auckland Howie. Um, I've got to assume at that stage that, La- uh, that, 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 that Barton's played a bit of hardball with us um, and then as a result of that we are probably not in a position to wrap up his contract and pay him off. Uh, he's probably dug his heels in and said I'm not willing to take that anyway. Um, what I think what people should also remember about this as well is that it's a FIFA obligation that even if you've got players under contract that they have to be allowed um, to train. access to training facilities. That's now, that, right. that's that's quite a vague term. Um, however, I think, again, from a probably from an employee relations perspective, there's an element to this where it wouldn't be the right thing to do to ostracise them into another training facility elsewhere. We just bring them back to Auckland Howie and we keep them close enough so that we're ticking a box, but far enough that he doesn't contaminate the first team or have any kind of form of uh, influence over them and we'll see as to how it goes. I think we've played this badly. I think we've got to be honest about it and say that our handling of it has been hesitant, a little bit amateurish and... I know it was a, a situation that, that nobody wanted to happen, but once it had happened, we needed some decisive action. If the decision was made at the time, he's never there's no route back, he's never playing for the club again, then rather than this constant suspension, that should have been put to him and said, you know, you'll never be considered, the manager doesn't want to pick you, um, you can come in and train, you know, you'll be playing with the youth team, but you'll be on your bike in, uh, in January, then that could have been done. Certainly, I'd, I'd maybe cut them some slack to you know what happened and the first week suspension. I'd even cut them some slack with the well, they had to do the first week suspension, so th- that was the right move. But I'd have cut them some slack with three week suspension, but that's when it should have been resolved. A decision should I have been taken then. I, 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 I get where you're coming from. The concern I would have with being able to try and establish timelines is obviously none of us know the kind of full facts and ins and outs and what have you. Um, the other. 
I think the thing for me more than anything else is probably the, the lack of foresight that this potentially could have happened. And therefore, um, we, we haven't basically said Barton could be a problem. So let's put the, uh, this in as part of his contract that if he misbehaves, if he speaks out of turn, there'll be ramifications for it. So in other words, if he was to come out and, and say something or do something, then we can refer back to his contract and it's fairly watertight in terms of what our next steps would be because how we could possibly have signed Barton and not thought this guy could be a troublemaker escapes me a little bit. Mm. But then this is where... So I agree, I think he'll be, go- he'll be gone in January. Let's be honest, he'll be gone in January. And I think that he probably realises himself he needs to get him into some sort of decent shape. The likelihood being that he'll go to probably some championship club that's either in or close to the relegation zone and he's now going to use that time between then, well now in January get himself into a bit of shape and then see where we are um, but did that purpose I would like to know if we put a gagging order on him so the club have said, the club nor the player will make no other statement I would like to know if we have put in some sort of agreement if he breaches that you know, do not pass, or do not collect £100, you're out the door uh, because he will talk about this whether it's now or whether or not it's after he leaves and I would like to know how we've handled that because you're right it has been amateurish up to this point I'm pretty sure that's why you've had radio silence from him really apart from the odd cryptic the odd cryptic tweet it's a bit like his, his Twitter account suddenly um, become like an episode of Westworld where it's all portentous but uh, nothing nothing direct but there's, but there's an element that where I think that and this is this is what really really pisses me off about that is he's probably done that on advice of a solicitor, not advice of the club, not advice of. No, he's, he's done it for his own case. No, you're absolutely right. No, yeah, he's done it. He's done it basically to protect his the contract. That he's in. Yeah, and as soon as he's as soon as he's free of those wranglings, then as I say, I, I dare say he'll comment and he'll comment and he'll speak about it in a negative light. So from that perspective, if we're going to allow him back, you know, effectively we're going to allow him use the training facilities, and let's say we support him. So in other words, if he gets an injury, we will give him treatment or whatever else as well, or he needs physio or what have you. That agreement for him to come back to Auckland, how he should have stated, there will be no negative comments about Rangers up until you know you finish being a Rangers player or thereafter. That's it. And I don't believe I've done that either. I would be very, very surprised if we've been able to do that. Mm, mm. Well, it, it has been a bit of a circus pretty much from, from day one. The team does appear to have developed a certain amount of unity. And one player who had come in and um, certainly had fitted well into a squad very popular among the squad was Nico Cranstrom. We sadly learned that he was going to be out for pretty much the rest of the season, six months. He's done his ACL. Now, that's a bad injury at any time, but given his age, I mean, realistically, it's going to be a year before he's match fit again. And even then, there's no there's no guarantee when a guy gets to that age that he'll have the mobility and you know movement that, that someone like him needs. Have we seen... A chance kind of slip through our singles to get a couple of years out of him, or do you think there's a chance that maybe next season he can do a turn for us? Um, I, I if I'm being honest with you, I can't even. I was, I was thinking about this when I obviously saw the news break about his injury. Um, and even when it came up before the Celtic game that he'd had an injury, and I don't think his ACL had been diagnosed by that stage, uh, and or the severity of it, the, the immediate thought process in my mind was the guy's not fit anyway. And generally, as a rule of thumb within football, the fitter you are, the quicker you recover from injuries. Uh, equally so, the less fit you are, the more likely you are to sustain injuries because your body effectively can't counteract whatever damage it sustains. 
he wasn't fit, now he's received an injury, and I would be curious to know as to how fit he can possibly get. So let's say he comes back in at the start of the next season. Um, I think that would take a, a virtually superhuman effort to do that. I don't know how engaged he is to be able to try and put in that level of effort. Well, um, so if I'm being perfectly honest, I, 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 I would be surprised if we saw him in a Rangers shirt again. I think we will. Um, how good he'll be is a different thing. I would slightly disagree with you there in terms of his commitment level because I know from ex-producer Robbie of the, the pod that he sees him up at his gym quite often and you know working with Rangers fitness coaches in his own time to try and get his fitness up so I don't think that that's which is time. which is fine which is fine when you're under a contract and it's fine when you're you know you're actually signed for a club and all that kind of stuff but you and I said at the start of the season the guy wasn't fit and there's an element to this wherein if he still believes that he can he can be a professional footballer and still can make a contribution then he should be maintaining his fitness irrespective of his with the club or not so whilst I appreciate the fact he's probably playing a lot of catch up now and yeah, he might have been doing some additional. T- he, he should never have let himself get into that condition in the first place. Is really my point. I know um, because I, I, you're right, even but... if you want to put yourself into the window to get yourself a club or whatever, that's fair, fair enough. Um, but you, you saw he wasn't match fit, even in the, the, the last couple of weeks when he was playing. Um, Ninety minutes was a big ask for him. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, a fair point. I think we, the way to view it is, uh, if we get anything out of him in future, great. It's a bonus, but that's how it should be considered. Don't don't be expecting miracles to to happen because I don't think that they're liable to come um, from. Amongst no, I, and, and, I, and do you know what I agree with that? I think I think probably the, the the biggest pain, however, is the fact that it's two two top earners. Yeah, that we've been talking about now, and obviously for very different reasons. I get that, but when you consider as the you know the um, you know the financial constraints and the and the and the club at the moment and where we are and yes I know there was a release during the week to say that the losses are down and we're getting into a healthier position but we don't have the money for these guys not to play and and that is effectively now what they will be doing and that's where uh, I think that's probably the biggest disappointment for me um, it does allow other people to come back in which I think we'll start to see the benefit of uh, but it's it's the money these guys have been earning and what they were brought in on. Mm, absolutely true now moving forward we've got Ross County um, at the weekend and I believe our first trip up there on league business tough ground to go to I think um, you know it's, uh, I always feel like it's the same thing when you when you go away to some of these kind of you know the, the, the further away uh, well you live quite far away do they speak English in this Ross County well uh, Ross County is still a bit away from me, okay. Uh, but having said that, I still think we should be able to go up there and, and perform well enough to get to get the three points. Is that the place where they burn the Viking longboats in a, t- a celebration every year? I see it on Report in Scotland they, sometimes. They, the, the state, right? So this is where you're confused. Ross County actually isn't in Scotland. Right. The stadium and the small town around the stadium is actually on a series of, of interconnected Viking boats and actually has its own principality. That would be good. So it's 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 like an international away game if you want. Yeah, I, I would like that. Um, I wouldn't go, obviously, because you know me, I, I don't venture north of Stirling. To be honest, I don't really venture north of North Glasgow these days. But um, You don't? It's too cold for you up there. It's too cold. These people eat their dead, man. It's just, I, I don't want to be getting into it. It's, you know... God love and any Inverness bears out there. Um, why am I? Why am I talking to you? Because you know you need to download this. You need the electricity. But 
it's it's a nice part. If they, of the talk, world. if they talk back to you, you won't understand it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, 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 a weird accent. Whatever. Actually, um, that happened to me on uh, long-time listeners might remember. Do you remember years ago in the pod? Uh, there was a guy who we once awarded a prize to because he had ran onto the pitch to accost Nikola Jelovic when he was warming up and got a selfie taken with him. Vaguely. Right. Well, I'm starting... Oh, no, wait, no, 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 I do, I do, because did you not say I want to see the photo and all that kind of stuff? And he sent it in and... Not... Yeah, he... Well, I'm standing on Saturday because Steve was up, met a few old friends. I was in the pub with him, not normally... And this guy came up and said, are you David Edgar? And of course I said, uh, um, it's Mr Edgar, you arsehole. And he said, well, sorry, are you Mr Edgar? <laughs> what paper do you work for? <laughs> yeah, and uh, he said, you know, that in the pod. And I went, oh, aye, 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 right enough. He said, uh, yeah, you insulted me. And I said, nah, it doesn't, doesn't sound like me. He said, uh, you said I looked like um, Anakin Skywalker at the end of Star Wars when he takes the helmet off. And I said, well, yeah, true, yeah. You, you do, you've slightly better skin, but, you know, let, let's call a spade a spade here, my friend. And he was from Montrose. So I said I would say hi to him on this week's pod. He said that they listened to it on the way down, um, probably some sort of interpreter. To So to, to all the, the people from from Montrose who come to watch the Bears, uh, that, all joking aside, I mean, given some of the shite they've had to put up with, that is heroic levels of Bairdom. To, to be doing that over the last few years so congratulations also on your good taste in both strikers to get photos taken with and podcasts I, li- I like the idea of this uh, yeah we have to be able to try and do a shout out for them on a podcast when they've just found out that we've won nine in a row <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean the, uh, oh, they've, they've, got, they've got a shite tw- they've got a shite 20 year coming up <laughs> yeah Dick Advocat's been linked with us <laughs> you know I mean all that kind of stuff I go for it <laughs> yeah, but so Saturday, uh, oh sorry, Sunday, we have to win. And in terms of the return to form, I'm not. I'd love us to play well, but I'm not hugely bothered so long as we get a win. What happened at Inverness would would do me fine. Yeah, but I think I think what we're starting to see is 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 hopeful a little bit of normality where uh, we do well at home and we perform well at home and we play well at home, um, and then. When you go to some of these these away grounds and stuff as well, particularly probably up north, you, you have to try and get a result, um, and you have to be able to try. And it's probably going to be a bit gritty, not clean, but then at the end of the day, um, that's where it probably makes the biggest, uh, uh, almost like that, almost that kind of biggest expectation in the players is to be able to go to these places and actually churn out a result rather than play beautiful passing football. It's about maybe digging in and getting a bit of grit and actually getting that. Um, Getting that result and bringing it down the road, and we haven't. We, we've had to do that at home, um, probably at the start of the season, and now we've started to kind of get a bit more belief in ourselves. And I think that uh, the commander game showed that. Hopefully, we can continue that momentum. Um, we've got some tough games coming up at the end of the month. Uh, obviously, not helped by another bloody international break. But again, like you say, we've got um, Aberdeen at home at the end of November, so that will be uh, that will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've got Aberdeen and then the, the two matches against Hearts, but I think that maybe something that's starting to, that people are starting to realise is that the rest of this league is not good. Um, Celtic are by far the better side in it, painful as it is to admit it, but they are. Um, there's nothing much we can do about that this season. What we need to sort out is what we do against the rest of them. And when you think how utterly, utterly average we've been this season, we're second. You know, without hitting anyone resembling acceptable form, so I think that tells you about the the standard. You know, we've maybe built up in our head that um, that certain players are 
of our, our certain managers like Nielsen and McInnes and maybe something or not. You know, let, let's be honest here. We have better facilities. We've got a higher budget. We should have better players. We should be in a position to to close this your first season, second place out pretty straightforward manner. And it's that's, I think, led to, to the disappointment. So, so, I mean, it has, and and I know that obviously with uh, this Sutton constantly talking about, you know, the second biggest budget in the country and all that kind of stuff as well. And whilst I totally understand that point, I think that for me it is around how do you actually get together a series of results to be able to try and build that confidence so that when you come up against what probably should be your harder opponent, so removing Celtic from that equation, but as you say, the games against Hearts. Coming up, the game against Aberdeen is coming up. How do you actually maintain that momentum and almost win the game before you even step out onto the park? Mm. Because, like you say, you're 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 brimming with confidence. You're going out there with your chest puffed up and all that as well. And I think that we've almost had that put back to us a wee bit because of the fact that we've obviously been out of the league. Uh, they've had a little bit of their kind of time in the sun, and uh, and I think now we're starting to draw the curtains in that. And so nothing will you know finalise that more. Then giving them a couple of you know serious drubbings. Oh, absolutely! Um, I, I think we already will have. And I think that you're going. So I was going to say, I think that the the thing I'd like to be able to try, and I've said this to you before, I'd love us to go out and hammer somebody. And if it could be someone really significant, like Aberdeen, someone that we've got a bit of history with, that would be, I think, really satisfying for me. Cameron, where can the people hear more of your bon mots and? Uh your perils of creamy wisdom uh, they can um, swallow what I put out there uh, on the Twitter machine mm-hmm. uh, available on the internet um, and my handle if you want to call it that is at beat that beat beat that beat no, that's quite a good yeah. one if you want to get in touch with uh, the rest of us on Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast just search for us on Facebook Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast you can also follow me on Twitter that's at iBrockRock you can follow Scott if for some reason you wish to that's at Scott Heart Hand uh, Mr Smith resolutely refuses to go on Twitter because he's an old school communist who doesn't believe in that sort of unpleasantness uh, that's pretty much it for me this week all I'd like to do is to uh, thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles thank my guests Mr Stephen Smith and of course Mr Cameron and James Bell thank you David it's a pleasure as always my friend fantastic my name is David Edgar I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.